All right, everybody. Hey, guys, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you here with us. How many of you guys are excited to be at New Life Church today? Are you? I love it. I love it. Wow, man, look, I know that some of you guys thought you would melt today because you're that sweet, but yet you didn't. So that's like the first revelation today of coming to church, right? You're maybe not as sweet as you thought. You survived the rain. Way to go. Way to overcome that. I love that. Thank you guys so much. I want to say a big hello to all of our college students. Come on, let me hear college students that are here right now. Any college students here right now? I don't know what's happening in North Platte, but I just saw some people that were well beyond college age cheering. I, uh, I did not say who has been to college. All right. Um, I'm talking about those who are in college. But I do want to say a big hello to everybody worshiping with us at our North Platte campus as well. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, you know, can I say hello to all of the guests that are here with us today? I know that whether you're at the Kearney campus or the North Platte campus, you could have chose any church to go to today. But yet you walk through our doors. We, we take that, like, very seriously. Uh, we just want to, like, make sure that your, your visit here with us is amazing. We have hosts that are in all of our auditoriums right now. They're here to, you know, minister to you and help you. If you're worshiping with us online, um, I, I don't know who's going to be your host, but um, you know, if you get up to get some coffee, come right back and join us, right? Uh, but yeah, guys, look, thank you so much. We are in a teaching series that we've entitled Whisper, all right? So uh, this is not the beginning of it. We're kind of in the middle of it. So if you want to see the previous weeks, then I would encourage you to go to mynewlifechurch.com where you can click watch now or on demand and you can actually get all of that material. It's a really exciting series, and the reason is because one of the big questions I get as a pastor, probably more than any other question, and if you ask my other pastor friends, it's probably one of the number one questions that we get all the time is this, how in the world do I hear God's voice? Right? How do I know that God's speaking to me? I read the Bible, and I see people in the Bible that have God speak to them in such profound ways. I would love that to happen. I hear people get up and share testimonies, or I read books with testimonies in it, and I'm wondering to myself, how do I know that I'm hearing God's voice? That's what this series is really all about, and we just entitled it Whisper. It's based, it's based out of a story that happens in 1 Kings chapter 19, where a prophet, and his name is Elijah, he is running for his life. And while running for his life, God ministers to him and sends him to, check this out, the mountain of God. It's a mountain that, you know, Moses met God on. And it's a mountain that Elijah is meeting God on now. And when he gets there, he climbs the mountain, which I just climbed a mountain this past week. That's no easy feat, by the way. So after you've traveled for days, days and nights on end, right, to climb a mountain is the last thing I'd want to do. Check into a really sweet hotel and get in the hot tub and then have God speak to me, I'm in. But after many, many days of just walking to climb a mountain for God to speak to me, so he does that, and in the midst of this experience, check this out, like the wind comes so strong it breaks rocks. Now we've had wind come through Nebraska that has, you know, maybe ripped, like, you know, to tops of houses off, or a tornado has come, right? But to, like, break rocks, that's intense. And then an earthquake comes, and then a fire comes, but the Bible says God's not in any of those things. And then after all that chaos, a whisper comes. You can almost hear it, right? He whispers, Elijah. And Elijah recognizes that it's in the whisper that God is there. And he comes out of the cave that he was hiding in, rightfully so, if you can put it that way. 
He comes out of the cave and he, he begins to like worship God. And today that's kind of what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this worship of God and how in worship, like we're in right now, how in this moment it is a prime moment for God to speak to us. God can speak anywhere at any time. But one of the things I've discovered in life is that there are places that it seems like God speaks more and there's places where God tends to speak more and more clearly. But there are also places where it seems like me, Jeff Baker, or you, you tend to be more attuned to the voice of God. This is one of those moments. So if you can put it this way, you have come to the right moment if you're a person that's going, what does it mean to hear God's voice? How do I know I'm hearing God's voice? I would love, Jeff, to hear the whisper of God today. Let me just say this, you're in the crosshairs today. You're in the sweet spot today. And a lot of it has to do with what you've done. You've chosen to come and to worship because God's already here. We've made a move towards God. So when we come to worship God in this capacity, it's a sweet spot. I've experienced God speak to me in moments just like this. Guys, so many times that I could probably, we could take the rest of the sermon just to talk about me and my encounters with God, but that's not, that's not why we're here. But let me just tell you a couple of them, okay? Because I don't know, but God might say some of these same things to you today. Here's one. God called me into worship. He called me to ministry, full-time ministry. At a moment, just like this. And guess, guess where I was sitting? It wasn't in this church, but I was sitting kind of like up in our loft area here at our Carney campus. So if you're in the loft of the Carney campus, with whatever attitude, right, you might be up there because you're like, I love like perched over people. I love the control. <laughs> or I like to hide, right? Or I like the pews versus the seats or whatever it is. I don't care whatever reason you're up there. I thank you that you're up there. I just want you to know this. God's going to meet you right where you're at. He's going to meet you right there, right? And he's going to speak to you. So don't be surprised when he meets you right there because it was in that moment that God called me into ministry. God's convicted me of my sin. You ever felt convicted of sin when you were in a worship service? <laughs> like, what am I doing here? Lightning's going to strike? God convicted me of my sin. God's given me visions and pictures of just how powerful and mighty he is. God's, God's kind of given me some of my greatest ideas in moments like this. So businessmen and women, right? Moms and dads trying to lead children and you're looking for that big idea that you need to wrap your, your hands around so you can lead well. It's in a moment like this that God can whisper to you with that. All right, so here's some other things. God's reminded me of who I am. He's whispered to me and he said, Jeff, you're loved. Jeff, you're cherished. Jeff, don't forget you have a purpose and I have a plan for you and I wanna fulfill that plan. Like sometimes the whisper from God just needs to be the encouragement that God can bring today. It could just be the love of God. He just needs to wrap his arms around you today and he wants to just whisper into your ear, I'm still in control. Like I've got this. You're facing a mountain, yes. It could be an emotional mountain, a mental mountain, a physical mountain that's gotta be moved. But God maybe just wanna to whisper to your ear today and he just might wanna say, I've got this. And if you start hearing the whisper of God, don't be surprised if tears don't start coming to your eyes. I hear people over and over and over again at New Life, one of their takeaways is this, grown, physical, like muscle men. I can't stop weeping. You're in the presence of God, and God's whispering to you, it is okay, it's a safe place to experience God, right? God's taught me a lot about himself, but he's also whispered to me through his word. That's our, that's our 
moment that we're in right now is just to hear the whisper of God through his word. See, God wants to whisper to his people. So he established back early in, in the Bible this idea of worshiping him. And it was built around a physical location called a tabernacle. We're going to talk more about this in our message today. But basically, it was this physical place, and in this physical place, there was the Ark of the Covenant. Now, if you're my age, then you, you would know the Ark only, you know, primarily because of an Indiana Jones movie, all right? If you're my age. If you're younger than me, you missed out, okay? Um, however, however, it's true. It's, it's, it's real. It's this... This is place where God said, look, I'm going to be here and you're going to come and you're going to meet with me. And here's what I promise I'm going to do for you. Check this out. He said, I'm going to speak to you. Look what God's word says. He says, I'll meet you. I'll meet with you there and I'll talk to you from above the atonement cover between the gold cherubim that hovered over the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. From there, I will give you my commands for the people of Israel. He's speaking to Moses, but listen, guys, today, where we meet today, here's what it says. God's saying, I'll meet with you here. I'll talk with you here. Like This is now where God goes, you come and you meet with me, and I want to speak to you. You come and you seek me, and I want to I speak to you. But guys, guess what? The beauty is that God just doesn't speak here. He can speak to you on Monday morning in your devotion time. He can speak to you on Tuesday on your ride to work. He can speak to you on Wednesday when you're on a break from work. He can speak to you on Thursday when you're out to lunch with somebody else, by the way. Like, God doesn't have a barrier to speak to you now, but I do know this. We are in a very prime moment right now where God does seem to like to speak and where man seems to be more prepared to listen. That's why one of our core values here at New Life is that seekers find God. Like when you come and you seek him, when you're here not just to fulfill some religious checklist, but when you come to truly seek him, guess what's true from God's word? It's not just true because we made it a core value. Our core value is based out of God's word, that when you seek him, you find him. And today, part of finding him is going to be hearing his voice through worship. So how does this all kind of come together? Well, one of the ways that we hear God's voice through worship is that worship changes our perspective. It, 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 it changes your perspective of who God is. So what's a perspective change? A perspective change is like basically a 180 transition. I believed one thing to be true, but I've discovered that it's not, this is true. I believe that this was the right way, and I've discovered that no, this is the right way. I, I thought that this was best, but then I found out that no, this is best. So let me give you some examples of what I mean by that. When I was a kid, here's a perspective change. When I was a kid, broccoli was one of the most disgusting things you could put on my plate. Now I put broccoli on my salad, right? I put uh, broccoli and I put cheese on it. Anybody else do that? I mean, come on. You, everything gets better with cheese, right? I'll, I'll take steamed broccoli over French fries now at times. What's wrong with me? Right? So a big perspective change. Disgusting to amazing, Right? All right, all the ladies that are here with me, let me give you another example of perspective change. Okay, you remember when boys were gross? But now you're dating one or you're married to one? Remember that? Okay. It's perspective change. They still might be somewhat gross. All right. <laughs> Hold on. If you're going to clap for that, I better get a big amen for something spiritual I'm going to say later. All right. 
I, I better, get a, better get a big one. Better get a big one. You remember when money, right, had no value because your parents gave it all to you? And now you have to earn it, right? The value of it changed, perspective changed. And for some of you, you'll get this more than others. But remember when 50 years old was old? It's a perspective change. <laughs> I don't think that anymore. Now 60's old. All right. So this is all relative. It's all relative. In the same way, guys, when we worship God, our predisposed ideas, they can radically change. Right? So the things that we think right now that are immature, they can become mature. When we're in God's presence and he begins to whisper to us, he, he tends to take our immaturity and make it mature. But here's the thing. Like, you got to be willing enough to admit that the things you're thinking or that you're believing, oh, oh, yeah, they are immature. So that God can make them mature. He'll also take your wrong ideas and with one whisper, he can correct them. Like, so when your perspective of God becomes more accurate to who he really is, here's what begins to happen. Your spiritual ears, your heart meaning your heart, it becomes more attuned to hearing his whisper. So the more you're in God's presence, the more that you come and you worship like this moment right now, the more your perspective changes, the more your ears get more attuned to his frequency, hearing his voice. The prophet Isaiah, he experienced a perspective change and I wanna show it to you. So pay attention with me as we go to this like biblical example of how perspective can radically change when God whispers to us. Look at Isaiah chapter six, verse one. We're gonna look at verse one through seven. So just, it's a little bit long, I got it, but just read it with me and we'll go back really quick and we'll break it apart. That it was in the year that King Uzziah died that Isaiah says, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim or angels, right? Each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. I mean, would say that's a pretty cool thing to see already, right? But then verse three, they, they were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies, and the whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices, they shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. That's why we use haze, by the way, for worship. <laughs> little, little side note there. Verse five, then I said, then I said, listen to what he says, right? In, in, in seeing all of this, he says, it's all over for me. I'm doomed, right? For I'm a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy, filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then it wraps up. But then one of the angels, the seraphim, flew to me with a burning coal that he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. So you knew it was hot. And he touched my lips with it and he said, Isaiah, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. A perspective change. What happens? First, Isaiah's perspective of how mighty and powerful God really is instantly changed. He sees just how big he is. He sees just how mighty he is. He, he feels even with his being, he feels how intense the worship is around him and he quickly you know, comes to a point where he realizes just how small he is. And sometimes we need to be reminded just how small we are. That might be the perspective change 
But for Isaiah, it's just how small he is, but how powerful God is. That radical perspective change will, will, will transform so many things in your life. But then secondly, Isaiah's perspective of himself changes, right? Because he begins to say these words, like, I see the sin in my own heart. And I even see the sin in the nation. And then he, he quickly understands that their sin is an objection, right? Or it's, a, it's opposing or it's guilty in the sight of a holy God. I know one thing, like I said earlier, that when you come to worship God like this, one of the things that will happen is that you'll hear the whisper of God, the whisper of God's spirit convicting us of sin, not condemning us of sin, but convicting us of sin. Because conviction pulls you towards God, right? And condemnation pushes you away from God. And if you're hearing the conviction of God when it's dealing with your sin like Isaiah does today, you need to know something. You're in a good place. That's a good place because the end result can propel you toward closer and closer to Christ. That's one of the things that can radically take place. But then the last perspective that Isaiah has is that Isaiah's perspective of the relationship that God desires with him changes. God's desired relationship versus what Isaiah thought the relationship was instantly changes. Remember when Isaiah said, I'm doomed, right? I've got, I've sinned, there's sin upon me. Like basically I'm going to die right now because my eyes have seen the Lord and my sinful state, remember that? And what does God do? God changes his perspective of the relationship he wants by sending the angel to touch his lips with that symbolic coal, which is symbolic of God's grace today. And he goes, no, look, I have an antidote for your sin. I'm not here to kill you because of your sin today. I'm here to forgive you and to set you free from your sin today. That's a radical transformation. And when you guys, when you hear the whisper of God dealing with sin and you confess sin, look, here's what happens. Grace has the ability to cover it. That's what 1 John tells us. It says these words, that if we confess our sins, that he, God, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's exactly what Isaiah felt. It's what he experienced when his perspective of who God is and how God wants to interact with him radically transformed. And today, that's what I want to have happen for you. I want your perspective of the relationship God wants with you to radically be transformed. So when your perspective of God changes, here's one of the great things that happens. You start to get out of the way. Your problems start to drift away and you start seeing how great God is. That's going to increase your worship. But you also are going to start hearing God's whisper. So here's what I want you to do today. Very practical, right? You can pray it right now. You can pray it in a moment when I pray before we go into a time of just some singing together. But I want you to say to the Lord today, Jesus, would you change my perspective of who you are? Change the way I see you. Change the way I think about you. Change the way I trust you. Change the way I live before you. Like, change my perspective to be more and to look more like yours. Why? Because I want to hear your voice. I want to hear your whisper. Remember, guys, seekers find God. So ask God. God, overwhelm me today. Like Isaiah was overwhelmed in the presence of God. The very same thing that happened to Isaiah can happen to you today. It just may not look exactly the same, but the outcome can be the same. Our life can be transformed, our perspective can change. It's one of the things that happens in worship. 
But here's another thing about worship that allows us to hear the whisper of God, is that worship brings us into alignment. It brings us into alignment with God. So alignment is always good, right? Like um, if your back is all messed up and it's out of alignment, go see a chiropractor and pop, 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 and you walk out feeling like a new person, right? I mean, it's true. It's happened for me. So your car being in alignment. I don't know if you've ever been driving down the interstate or a highway or whatever, and you see a car kind of going down the road like this. Like, that's not right, okay? That's not the way a car. A car in alignment. Or you dr- you're driving down the road and your car always wants to like go one direction, and so you're having to keep like bringing it back with your steering wheel because it's not, it's not in alignment. Or for college students, like having your life in alignment, you knowing who you are, picking the right degree program, and then watch this, you got to take the right courses. So you got to stay in alignment, right, to get that degree. That's really good. Or an organization, just a business or an organization staying in alignment, having the right missional statement with the right vision and the right purpose and the right organizational structure where, you know, managers are given the right amount of a, you know, accountability, but they're given the right amount of responsibility all the way down to the, you know, clock in worker. An organization that is in alignment is one that flows and it works right. So I want, to, I want you to do something with me. I want you to picture something with me today as we talk about this point. Um, I just want you to do whatever you got to do. Close your eyes, keep your eyes open. I just want you to picture a waterfall, a waterfall that you can get underneath. So not like the Niagara Falls, okay? That'll kill you. I want you to picture something you can actually get underneath. So I've been to the Niagara River, you know, a number of times and I've canoed down it. And I've stopped at some of these places where the waterfalls are and I've gotten into them. I just want you to picture a waterfall, all right? And then I want you to picture yourself walking up to the waterfall and then stepping into the waterfall. What is it that you instantaneously begin to feel? The power of it. Like the majestic power of the waterfall. In the ones in the Nibrero, they don't look like Super intensive, right? But you get underneath those things, and man, that water is just beating down on you. It's amazing how powerful water is when it begins to fall. And I want you to picture yourself standing there in the waterfall, right? You're in alignment with the waterfall, and it's just pounding down on top of you. I want you to stay right there, okay? Just stay right there with me. Because then I want to go back to the tabernacle that God set up for his people to come and worship him in. So you're staring at the waterfall, we're having a conversation. The tabernacle God gave to Moses to build was the basic same format even when Jesus was walking through the streets of Jerusalem and it had now been turned from a tent into a physical structure. This physical structure had a few pieces to it. It had this outer court area, okay? And in the outer court area, you had an altar and you had a wash basin. At the altar, it's exactly what you think, right? They offered sacrifices to the Lord. Fire burning, here comes the animals, and that's the way God set it up. And it was in that place that man would come, right? We would come and we would worship God. We would bring our offering. Then the priest, the priest would be able to enter into this place right here called the holy place that was broken by this veil between a holy place and the holy of holies. Remember the ark we were talking about? The ark of the covenant was in the holy of holies. The priest would come in here and do their priestly duties. All right, there we go. I didn't want to sound like Nacho Libre, but for a moment there, it just kind of came out. Apologize. I need, I need another set of duties. All right. So, stretchy pants. You guys remember all that? Okay. 
So that's where they would come and they would do their thing. One priest, the high priest, one time a year, guys, would be able to enter past this veil where, remember what, remember what God said to Moses? It's in this place that I will talk to you. It's in this place I will speak to you. It's in this place that I will give you instructions. Well, here's something radical that took place. When Jesus came and he lived a sinless life and then he gave his life on the cross, something radical took place. This veil right here that separated man from everything that was holy, powerful, and, and righteous about God and the whisper of God speaking to man, when Jesus gave his life on the cross and he died, that was ripped in two. Here's what the Bible says about it. It says this in Matthew 27, then Jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from the top all the way down to the bottom of it. And it was a radical transformation. The curtain that separated man from God's presence was torn from the top to the bottom. It signified to everyone. And it signals to you and me today that there is an ability for us to be in the presence of God and to hear his whisper. It's no longer set up for one man. It's set up for all. So listen, listen, remember the waterfall? Some of you didn't follow my instructions. Some of you, you saw the waterfall, but you didn't say, ah, it's not worth walking into it. I mean, come on, it's just this mental picture we're drawing. It's like the Old Testament model, but we're living it out today. Like you have the ability to walk into the Holy of Holies and meet with God one-on-one -on -one with his spirit communed with your spirit right here, right now where you sit in Kearney or North Platte but you choose to stay in the outer court, or you choose to see the waterfall, but you don't walk in to experience its power and let it pound down on you and have you be overwhelmed in your perspective of how powerful and mighty God is. I'm saying to you today, don't shy away from the waterfall of God. Don't shy away from entering into all that God has. Walk in it with boldness because Jesus is the one who made a way. You can come in alignment with God, and when you are, not only do you experience his power, but you experience the whisper of God. That's part of worshiping God today. And it's part of the freedom that only Jesus brought. So we're getting ready to move into a moment where we're gonna sing. But here's the thing, guys. Worship is way more than singing. It's way more than singing. I know that some of you, you, you love to sing. Others of you, you hate it, right? But in, in some of you, you can sing, and others of you, you can't sing. And it seems like all too often I get a chance to be in church to stand in front of the people that can't sing but want to sing. <laughs> and every once in a while you get blessed by standing in front of someone who can sing who wants to sing. Either way, it doesn't matter because here's all that the Lord, the Lord asked for is that we would just come to him and make a joyful noise. Yeah. Make a joyful noise. It's just joyful to you, right? It's just you making a joyful noise to the Lord. And we call this time, after the teaching time, we call it response time, um, internally. We don't use that word externally a lot, but today I wanted to use it because I just felt like it was, it's, it's such a profound concept that you needed to know about it today. After the teaching, when we kind of go into a, a little bit of extended time at all of our campuses with just some singing worship, we, we call it response time because it's your moment to take what God's been saying to you during this sermon and use it to 
interact with him one-on-one. This is, a, this is a key thing that we all want to do, but it's way beyond just singing. So like when I go into this singing time, I'm not always singing, you know? I don't sing all the words. My objective is not to sing all the words right on tune, right at the right moment. Like that's not my goal, and I don't want that to be your goal when we go into this moment. Many times when I go into this moment, I'll go into it with just a, 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 just a, a moment of prayer. I could just go into it with just a moment of seeking God. Sometimes you'll see me and I'll have my hands raised. Other times you might see me and I'll be kneeled down. I've been known at sometimes just to, just to lay out, you know, we're up here in the front, just to lay out before God because I just sense God's presence and I just want to get low before him like I almost assure you Isaiah was when he was experiencing God. There are times when, man, I just want to clap. Like, man, God, you are awesome. There are times you'll hear me. I will shout, Jesus. All of those are like examples of worship that you find in God's word. And I get it. You might feel like, I just don't want to stand out. Like, I don't want people to notice me. I don't want people to notice me either. So one of the things I try to do is make sure that my worship to God is in alignment with the body. So when the body's clapping and we're cheering at the end of a song for God, man, I want to join in on that, right? Because when I join in, I'm not standing out. I could clap as loud as I want at that moment, right? If, if we all get to a moment where we shout and we're like, Jesus, like that, like, that's a great opportunity, like join in. Because if everyone is shouting Jesus and you jump in and you shout Jesus, guess what's not going to happen? You're not standing out. But one of the things I highly value is I don't ever want to be someone who worships in a way that draws attention to me, and I don't want to be a person who worships that distracts you. And it's the only thing I really ask at our church. The one primary like boundary line that we all try to follow here at New Life is this. Be passionate in our worship towards God because passionate worshipers, they hear the whisper of God. Be passionate in your worship, but worship with the body. Don't worship against the grain, right? Because you worship against the grain, all the attention is brought to you. Worship with the body. And there are so many moments in scripture where God calls his church together. He calls his people together and all of the people worship exactly the same. You need to know today, worshiping exactly the same as everyone else in here can be the most holiest thing you do today. Worshiping with the body instead of against the body. Worshiping with the body instead of against the grain always allows you to bring glory and honor to God without drawing all that crazy attention to yourself. I want you to be passionate in your worship today. I want you to experience God in a brand new way. I want you to be more free to worship God than you ever have been before. Why? Because when you're more free to worship him, your ears are more attuned to his voice. So make where you sit and in just a moment where you stand, make that an altar before the Lord. Now, if you want to come to the front of any one of our auditoriums, you're welcome to do that. You can, you can come and you can stand and worship. You can come and you can kneel before the Lord and you can worship, right? I mean, that's, that's a holy place. I, I get it. But you can also make right where you're at an altar. And let's take these next few moments and let's make them a holy moment. And let's be serious. Let's be serious in our pursuit of him because when we are, our ears get more attuned to him and you'll hear his whisper and his whisper will change your life. Why don't you stand with me? And let's pray. Lord, we're going to take these next few moments just to dial down our life and tune in to, to your spirit. 
Lord, your, your word has been speaking to us. Your word's been doing something transformational in our lives. And now it's our time to respond to you. We're going to respond to you with passionate worship. We're going to respond to you with, you know, cries from our mouth, crying out to you. Words being sung as a corporate body in unison. Lord, proclaiming how powerful and mighty you are. There's going to be a moment, God, where we might just want to, we might clap before you. We might shout before you. We might kneel before you. But God, in the end, here's the thing. It's not about us. It's about you. And we come to worship you because you are God. But Jesus, I ask you right now that as this body comes to worship you, may you perform an incredible miracle and may you attune their ear more to your frequency right now than ever before. And may they hear your whisper, the whisper of your voice speaking life to them, giving direction to them, ministering to them in their time of need, giving them hope, giving them a future, giving them their greatest ideas they've ever received, calling them to ministry, reminding them of who they are, reminding them of who you are. Would you whisper to this congregation one-on-one like only you can? And would you, would you transform and change our lives in Jesus' powerful name? And everyone said, amen. amen.